Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. This is WTOC Sports Director Lindsey Goff. We're coming to you a little later this week. It was a hectic week last week with uh, graduations and state championship baseball games and, of course, the PGA Championship down at Kiowa Island. And that's where we'll start with another golf edition of the WTOC Sports Podcast. I spoke to Kevin Bieladeau of uh, Live 5 Sports. He's their sports director over at WCSC in Charleston. That's our great sister station there and uh, he covered the PGA championship both back in 2012 when it was there but also the recent one in 2021 with Phil Mickelson bringing home the title and here's our conversation I wanted to ask you first because on TV it looked pretty normal as far as like capacity and there were a lot of people there it seemed like one of the bigger events maybe um, since the pandemic so what was it kind of like actually being out there yeah, it was it was interesting because the the limit was set at ten thousand people per day, and you know I never got official numbers that it went over that, but it definitely felt like more than that. You know, it it didn't feel you know I was here in twenty twelve as well for that that event at the Ocean Course, and that one was crazy. And you know you that was just people shoulder to shoulder the entire time, and you could really feel what that was like. But this one wasn't that that crazy, but especially on eighteen when Phil was coming up, you could kind of get the sense that. You know, it really felt like it was back to normal, like you said. You mentioned 18 and Phil coming up, and that was just an absolute mob scene <laughs> on TV. Where were you at for that, and what, what was that like? It, I mean, it looked awesome. It, it, it was scary. It was, it was a little bit scary. I was over to the side of 18, you know, waiting to, to shoot the trophy ceremony. And, you know, we, we start to see Phil and Brooks walking up the, the fairway, and just this mob of people just come all around. And, you and you know, Phil even said it was a little bit scary afterwards. Says, I don't know if you saw on TV, somebody put his arm around Phil. And we were like, what is this about? And, and Kepka was really angry afterwards. And, you know, I'm sure part of that was, you know, just coming up short in the tournament. But also he said somebody bumped into his knee a couple times, his surgically repaired knee. So, you know, somebody asked him what it was like to be in that crowd. And he said, you know, it was cool, except for the fact that people kept bumping into my knee whether they meant to or not. And obviously that, that rubbed him the wrong way a little bit, but you know, it, it was, it was overwhelming to see. It was, you know, it was, it all came from a good place, you know, people wanting to see that, that, that really big moment, but it was a little overwhelming. How did it compare this year to when you guys had it back in 2012? It, it felt like two different tournaments, you know, two different events, just because, you know, not only from a fan standpoint, but from a media standpoint, we were able to do so much more in 2012. You know, back then we were getting to the course at eight o'clock every morning and staying until eight o'clock at night and, and covering every, you know, second of the tournament and interviewing every single person we could. Uh, this time the PGA had rules because of the, the pandemic that for local media, we weren't allowed to get to the course until three o'clock in the afternoon. And so we had to stay, you know, we had to stay back here for most of the day and then go out and, Really, by the time we got out there at three, you know, I mean, you know the deal. We're going live at four, five, six, and seven. So there wasn't much time to do anything else other than to set up a live shot and and then just start talking about what was going on during the day. So that kind of uh, that kind of played a part into how this one felt compared to the last one. But you know, golf wise, it, it was amazing, and I, I really think this is going to be the you know the next in a long line of tournaments that they're going to bring to the Ocean Course for majors. 
Yeah, that's wild. I didn't realize that you guys weren't able to go out there. <laughs> a little inside baseball for the people listening, but right. that's cutting it close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, um, it, it was tough every day. Uh, so, obviously, people know Phil Mickelson, but was he on your radar as someone that could win this, <laughs> this tournament heading into it? No, n- not, not in the slightest. One of our reporters... Uh, she doesn't know much about golf, but she knows Phil Mickelson. Everyone knows who Phil Mickelson is. And she asked me on Tuesday, you know, she said, how is Phil going to do? And I was like, get out of here. Phil's not even going to be in the running. Phil's not, a, you know, I'd be, you know, I'm a huge Mickelson fan. And I said, I'll be happy if Phil makes the cut and plays on the weekend. Otherwise, well, I was like, we're talking about Rory. We're talking about Kepka, And we're talking about, uh, you know, DeChambeau, guys like that. I was like, Phil is not even going to be in the conversation come Saturday. He'll be, he'll be on that other scoreboard that we run, you know, to show the guys towards the bottom who were hoping make the cut. But, and, you know, even if you looked at the odds, Phil, I think, was 33 to 1 during the week. And then the one that blew me away was even on Saturday before the round got going. He was still at 15 to 1. You know, and he was tied for the lead, but there were still six guys ahead of him who were favored to win above him. So, you know, just, yeah, he definitely wasn't on the radar. I've seen people compare it to Tiger winning the Masters back in, I guess that was 2019. Right. Uh, I mean, what's it like watching something, a historical moment for the sport unfold like that? It was, it was amazing. And, you know, I think the the crowd being there made it, you know, even more of a moment because – you know, we've gotten used to sports with limited crowds or no crowds over the past year and a half. But to see these people and, you know, the low country really rallied around Phil, especially come Sunday. And when he was walking up that 18th fairway, not just the people gathering around him, but you could hear, you know, the Phil chants were, were just going really hard. So that just made it an even better moment. And uh, just it was incredible. And people just kind of shoving up a little by little to, to get even closer. It, it was it was it was a scene. Any other cool stories that you guys worked on throughout the week of just like stuff going on out there that you'd want to tell people about? Yeah, you know, for, for the sports side of it, like I said, because we were out there so late, we were really just kind of focusing on the golf. And, you know, uh, a lot of our focus early on in the week went towards Rory McIlroy because he was the winner uh, back here in 2012. And Rory was interesting yesterday. You know, he, he was able to make the cut and he, I think he finished at plus five. And somebody asked him, you know, why he wasn't able to do better after he won the tournament in 2012. And he said something like, you know, he didn't remember much about 2012. And he said it wasn't really a memorable week for him. And I, I was like, how is winning a major not a memorable week for you? It seems like you would you'd be able to remember pretty, especially on the last day, you'd be able to remember every piece of that. That's wild. <laughs> I missed that. Like, I don't know. It was, it was all right, I guess. Yeah, whatever. It was just another week. $2,000,000, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so this was obviously the second of three events for the state of South Carolina and the low country within a pretty short span uh, for the pros. What does this do, you think, for golf in South Carolina? Obviously, it's such a huge sport for us, and there's golf courses everywhere. Um, so with three happening, how significant do you think that is? I think it's a big deal. And, you know, we talked to Dottie Pepper, the, the CBS uh, golf analyst, the week before the tournament, and she was talking about what a, how big of a deal it is that the, the local government has made this kind of commitment to, to the sport of golf because of what it means to our state. And, you know, obviously having the heritage every year is a huge deal. Being able to bring majors here is, is an even bigger deal. 
but the fact that you know the state is stepping up to to host another tournament that they didn't have to just really shows what they want to do and, and how they want to bring in more. And obviously the ocean course. Now I talked to uh, Roger Warren, who's the head of golf over at Kiowa. And he's also on the, on the championship committee for the PGA championship. And he said what they did this weekend and the weekend, especially he thinks that proves they should be in this rotation for major championships and whether or not they get one in 2030, he said, they're going to, they're going to put in a bid to bring that one back. And obviously they'd love to bring the Ryder cup back whenever they can. And I know, after this event over at Congaree coming up next month, they want to be in the running for the President's Cup coming up, I think, in 2030, in 2031 or 32. So this state is making a big commitment towards golf and, and the tourism that brings and everything else. So, you know, between that and uh, NASCAR as well, you know, we've seen what they've done with Darlington over the last year and a half. So the, it's, I've been really impressed with everything the, the government's been doing to make this commitment towards sports. Any chatter from the players about the Palmetto Championship coming up? Not a lot. It, it's it's a really big mystery so far. I know Dustin it Johnson. Really is. Not, it, it's so weird. You know, Dustin Johnson, he's the number one player in the world. He's a South Carolina uh, native, and he's already committed to playing the tournament. And somebody asked him this week, what he what is he excited about that, and what does he think about the course? And he said he didn't know. He's never seen the course. And I don't know how many tournaments, you know, these guys go into where they've never seen the course before. You know, especially a major like this at the Ocean Course, you know, guys know years ahead of time it's going to be here. And, you know, even if they can't be here the week before or something, they'll they'll find a time. They'll find a weekend or even a day or so where they can come down and just get in a quick 18. And so they can kind of get a sense of what it's going to be like. But for this course, and you know, it's, it's not like you can just, you know, fly into Charleston and, and run over to the Muni or something like that. This is, you know, an hour outside of Charleston that they're going to have to fly or even fly into Savannah and, and go an hour from there. So, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of field they can bring in. I know they've, they've already got a bunch of South Carolina natives committed and a bunch of, or a couple of European guys have committed already, but I'm, I'm really interested to see the rest of the field they're going to be able to bring in. And if a guy like Dustin and, and Lucas Glover, who was there for the media day, if they're going to be able to convince more guys to come down for that. Yeah. Yeah. We're interested in waiting to see the rest of the field as well. I think that's all I've got for you. Um, cool. I know you had a busy week, so I appreciate Appreciate the time, and thank you for hopping on the podcast with us. Anytime. That was, of course, the second of three PGA Tour events in South Carolina. The first, the RBC Heritage, then the PGA Championship. And here coming up in the beginning of June, we've got the Palmetto Championship at Congaree, which WTOC will be there every day. And uh, we'll also be airing the final rounds of the Palmetto Championship with CBS Sports on our air as well. So make sure you're looking out for that. We've got you covered on all things Palmetto Championship coming up. I also want to give some love to our state championship baseball teams here in Georgia. South Carolina is still playing, but Metter topped Gordon Lee in Game 3 to bring home their very first state baseball championship in Class A private. Jeff Davis topped Love It with the sweep, a two-game sweep in that series to go back-to-back as state champions 2019 and 2021 in 2A. And in Giza play, Pinewood Christian brought home their program's first title as well, a win over Tiff area in three games so I was able to cover the Metter and Jeff Davis state championship games because those were both at historic Grayson Stadium here in Savannah so first we'll have a listen to the Tigers after their state championship win something we've always dreamed of even when we were little playing together in high school this feels great just to bring a championship to your hometown Y'all hopped out to a 2 nothing lead, and then Gordon Lee kind of played their way back into it. And it seems like you guys kind of reset maybe midway through and got hot again. What 
what was the change for you guys? How did you guys reset and be like, okay, we can still stay in this? We just kept our heads up. We never really put our heads down. We just kept the energy flowing. Bringing home a state championship senior year, I mean, what are you feeling right now? It's exciting. It's a great time, a way to celebrate with everybody in the community. We're a good team. I mean, they doubted us from the beginning, but we did never doubt ourselves. Y'all hopped out to an early lead, but then Gordon Lee got hot, and it seems like you guys kind of reset and were able to get hot yourselves and stay in it. What what was that reset? How did you guys kind of come back with that energy? We just had to take a step back and, um, you know, refocus and check off from the beginning again. Uh, it feels really good. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, I feel like we've worked really hard for it, and I'm just ready to get back and celebrate with my family and friends. First of all, Gordon Lee, they were really good. You know, it wasn't an easy three games, obviously. That's why it went three games. Um, I think the biggest thing was we all just stayed energized, stayed up, and kept our heads up and just tried to compete to the best of our abilities. It means everything to us. I mean, you know, uh, the baseball, all our sports have a ton of support and the baby powder that was that was my friend group so that may be on them i'm sorry to the staff of grayson stadium whoever's got to clean that up but yeah it means everything man everybody's excited ready to go i, I think what it says is that they they always believed it um probably when i when i wasn't sure just because of the way we handled situation you know, it's a long season and uh, i think they always knew um that they were capable of it and and it was just when were they going to do it day in and day out? And they made that they made that decision. Um, the whole playoffs, really. It, it's been fun. It's been a ride. Um, I don't think anybody ever doubted during that game, um, it, or it didn't seem. Our kids, they they never got real rattled. Um, I'm proud of them. I, you know, that's all I can say. Is I'm very very proud of them. Yeah. You see, these people here, that they're just. We could have been playing uh, seven-year-olds and they would have been excited. So, But, no, hey, look, that's a very good team, well-coached, talented, um, and they, they made us play good baseball. Um, so we can always go back and know that we earned this. We earned the opportunity um, to be state champions. Nobody, it wasn't given to us, so that, that's exciting. People have been here their whole life, and this is, this is special. It's special for us, but um, before we left on Friday, we rode through the town and, and just the people that came out and, um, and, and showed how much they cared and loved us. Um, that was pretty special. Um, that, was a, that was a moment for me. Um, you know, and uh, and to see it see it again, I haven't really had a chance to really let it unfold. But uh, but um, I'm sure proud of this community, and I hope they're proud of us. Metter uh, playing the early game that Saturday. Jeff Davis followed with a pair of late games, and here are the Yellow Jackets following that back-to-back -back sweep. Back-to-back -back state championships. I mean, what are you feeling right now? Well, I mean, you know, from the beginning, you know, I thought this program was going to be able to do it. But um, and we believed in ourselves, coaches believed in us, and we got it done, so it means a lot. Lovett's a good team. How hard was it to do it in two? Well, I mean, it was pretty hard. I mean, the first game they hit the ball pretty good. We just came out and we just played our game. In the second game, we hit it really good, so we ended up getting the win. Back to back, as a senior, this has got to feel pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a feeling that I could get used to, for sure. You know, we went into the season my sophomore year, and we won it. And then, you know, COVID shut us down my 11th grade year, and, you know, we just felt like, you know, we – we could have won it that year too, and then to be able to come back out here this year and prove everybody wrong that we were, you know, predicted to be underdogs in this. So it felt really good. It felt like we played more relaxed in this game than we played all year. So it, it felt really good knowing that our pitchers had a good lead 
and that uh, we, you know, they could just go out there and pitch the ball and do like they're supposed to. Well, how you feeling? Exhausted. But in a good way. I'm yeah, saying. in a good way. I mean, it, this was a this was a, a difficult year because of what happened last year and uh, getting shut down and. and we had a lot of expectations with our team last year. We had eight seniors, eight eight starters, a lot of anticipation, and then when it shut down, it just kind of was, it was just over, you know. And uh, to come into this year, and, and you, you had a lot of things you were going to have to really, you're going to have to do, and you're going to have to, all these policies and all this stuff, and you were just having to, every step was orchestrated, and you just didn't know how this, this year was going to be. But it, it kind of got normal as it went, but, uh, as far as the baseball part of it, I, you know, we, we knew, we felt like that if this team, if we could answer some questions early in the year, we felt like this team could possibly be competitive, but we didn't get those answers very early. I mean, we started the region one and three, we lost our first region series and we lost the first game of the next series and we were really contemplating on the way home. Um, wondering if we could be a playoff team, wondering if those answers could would come or if they if we were pushing the right buttons and you know um, and I, I actually having conversations about we might need to look at some young guys and at what point do we start kind of looking towards next year you know and uh, but the, I, you know I'll tell you these guys they just they just came to work every single day man I'm, I'm gonna tell you there's just something to that with with players who don't shy away from the work part of it they 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 when they, when they came to practice after a bad game, they were just as focused about working to get better, eager to get better, and just refused to kind of go away. And uh, they willed themselves to be really good baseball players. And uh, I'm gonna tell you, for this to happen like it did, I, I can't be happier for them because, you know, you wanna see hard work get rewarded. And uh, not just in championships, but just in, you know, successes on the field. and. and Little little victories, but for them to to have this happen for them is uh, is incredible, and uh, I, I can't be happier for them. I, I really they deserve it. They put the work in. They fought through some adversity, some adversity they really they had nothing to do with. You know, they they couldn't help that they were behind a really good group. They couldn't help that COVID came in. They couldn't help a lot of that stuff. But they refused to just accept that that's the way it was going to be. And look, we're going we're going to have our season. We're going to have a good season. And when it started out kind of rough. We're going to work and, 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 and make it a successful season, and they did, and, and I couldn't be happier for them. So congratulations to all three of those teams bringing state championships back to the Coastal Empire. File that under things you love to see. We've got some exciting stuff in the works, uh, both for on-air, online, and uh, on the podcast. I guess that's not both. That's three things, but you, you get what I'm saying. Uh, so we want to thank you for listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already so you can be updated when we have a new episode coming. And we've got some exciting ones coming soon. Uh, we would appreciate if you leave us a rating, as long as it's a nice one. Um, but we do appreciate you downloading and listening. And uh, that'll do it for this episode of the WTOC Sports Podcast. I'm Lindsey Goff, and we'll catch you on the next one.